5: Been rolling here on the nightcap. Padres haven't scored a run yet, so kind of, kind of need that. All right, we move, we move on. Got to keep positive vibes. There we go. Bet and Bebe sitting in. A lot of ball game left for sure. John King, sure, yeah, that, that's one way to look at it. There still is a lot, lot to be, a uh, lot to be sorted out. Uh, Vaughn Dalzell uh, does a really good job with NBC Sports, uh, betting analyst over there. We've had him on the show before, and he joins us right now. Follow him on Twitter at VMoney sports um we got some you know different markets we want to hit on with you which is uh, which is which i'm excited about but i want to start with the team we actually closed last hour talking about because bond we were discussing you know week 1 if you're looking at survivor and where we sit here in vegas the circus survivor is such an you know a, a big time event um you know looking at who to play in week 1 cuz it's not that easy and i was trying to make the case even though it's a road game maybe new orleans in week 1 cuz i think atlanta's that bad and i'm actually pretty high on the Saints. Uh, What's your opinion heading into 2022 on the New Orleans Saints? And are there there some bets out there that you like uh, for the Saints?
3: Yeah, well, first off, thanks for having me, guys. Excited to be here tonight. And the Saints, I'm excited to watch them and Houdat Nation week one. I do think they're a strong play for Survivor Pool. I'll be entering the Circa Million Vegas contest, the spread contest, however. Uh, So hopefully you guys will be in that too. We can play against each other. But (laughs) the Saints are a team that I will be backing this season. I love what they did this offseason. I mean, they got Trevor Penning to to replace Teron Armstead, which was key for that line because we know Jameis Winston needs to stand up right. They got Jarvis Landry, Chris Olave. Michael Thomas now looks healthy. So now they have a great receiving threat. And improved one at that with Payson Hill also going to tight end too. Uh, But they also threw a lot on first down last year when Winston was healthy. They had a lot of success doing that. Alvin Kamara might not be suspended. Uh, His hearing got pushed back, so hopefully that continues. And then, of course, Marcus May and Tyrant Matthew now, too, the safety duo to help out Marshawn Lattimore. I mean, I just love what they did overall. Last year was kind of a weird season. They played four different quarterbacks, and from weeks 9 to 13, they lost every single game, but they played different quarterbacks almost every single week, Uh, Trevor Simeon, Taysom Hill, and Ian Book. Uh, So, you know, Jameis Winston stays upright. He stays healthy. He's nine and three on the money line, eight and four ATS as a Saints quarterback. Um, I really like the Saints this year. So over eight and a half wins to make the playoffs. I got them at plus 100 and plus 125. I mean, I'm really in love with them. And if you're getting spicy, I would dabble with the NFC South champ too. That's like plus 350 odds. I think they have a, you know, they have a shot at doing that.
4: You know, Vaughn, last night we saw the Raiders in the Hall of Fame game taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. They win that game. But we were talking about them from a season perspective that we both like the Raiders, Tim and I, but we don't really know how to bet on them because of the division that they play in. How are you attacking this Raiders team from a win total perspective?
3: Well, you guys got the schedule on the board right there. The Raiders schedule, rigorous, vicious. It's so tough this season. I mean, you look at it up and down to open the year. They got the Chargers, Titans, and Chiefs on the road. They have the Cardinals and Broncos at home in their first five games. I mean, that's a gauntlet, man. Best case scenario, three and two. You know, they could easily be one and four, two and three during that stretch. Over the next six games, though, that's where they will make their bread and butter. I mean, you see the Texans, the Saints we just talked about, the Jags, Colts, Seahawks, and Broncos. I mean, but the end of the year, again, like it goes right back to the beginning of the schedule. The end of the season might be even tougher where they get the Chargers, Rams, Pats, Seahawks, Niners, Chiefs. So I'm just like, you know, how do you approach this team in a positive way? They had 10 wins last year. They had the most overtime wins in an NFL season with four, and they were undefeated in those games. Games decided by Phil or less five and one. Games by one score. They were seven and two. I mean, everything went their way last season, and they won 10 games. And now you're talking about AFC West with Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, uh, and Justin Herbert. Uh, man, it's really tough to sell me on the Las Vegas Raiders. So, I did bet the under 8.5 wins at plus 100. That, along with the Saints, are my two favorite team total bets. Uh, And, you know, I'm not hating on the Raiders in any way. I'm not saying they're going to be a bad team. I'm just saying everyone else in their conference and their division, per se, is that good in a playoff team that someone's got to finish fourth. And I like it to be the Raiders.
5: Von Dalzell from NBC Sports joining us. Yeah, I mean, it's a situation where everyone can't eat. The only thing, I was asked about it today, I was doing a radio hit, uh, and I I said the only thing I, I would maybe take a flyer on is to win the division just because of the price. I, I wouldn't touch a win total, and I don't really disagree with anything that, that Vaughn uh, that you just said. Let, let's get to uh, some maybe some longer shots. Let's look into some of the awards markets. Offensive player of the year. Such a an interesting market, right, because... It's not going to be a quarterback more often than not. Uh, last year, it was Cooper Cup, Jonathan Taylor. O- ultimately, it was Cooper Cup. So when you look at this market, I, I think it is a-, a really fascinating one to handicap, Vaughn, because there's so many different opportunities out there. So when you look at this market, uh, Offensive Player of the Year, what jumps out at you?
3: Well, like you said, definitely it's, it's it's an interesting market because Cooper Cup won last year. We had um, Michael Thomas win in 2019. Before that, the last receiver to win was 1993, Jerry Rice. That was the year I was born, guys. All right, that's how long ago. So it, it's difficult for receivers to win this, but now we're in that passing era where they actually have a shot to do this. So, I mean, obviously, Cooper Cup, there's a, there's a factor in Cooper Cup not repeating in my mind, and it goes to Justin Jefferson if you're betting a receiver because last year they had uh, Wes Phillips and Kevin O'Connell. Wes Phillips was the tight end coach, became the passing game coordinator. Kevin O'Connell was the O.C., He's now the head coach of the Vikings. Phillips is now the OC of the Vikings. You saw what Stafford and Cup did last year. They're going to try and repeat that with Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson. So I love Jefferson, who had 167 targets last year, the fourth most. That's going to increase. And if you're looking at other guys, the guy that finished second, Jonathan Taylor. I mean, there's really not anything stopping him from repeating as a rushing titles leader. He has a great O-line, a better quarterback, still mediocre receivers. Uh, So he's my favorite guy overall, and he has short odds. But if you're looking for a quarterback, I like Lamar Jackson, man. Don't hate on him, guys. Everyone (laughs) likes to talk smack on Lamar Jackson, but when he's healthy, he could have had almost 5,000 total yards last year passing and rushing he played a full season. So everyone's saying his arm looks better. He's still as athletic as ever. I expect Lamar Jackson to have one of those seasons uh, that we're going to remember for a long time.
4: Yeah, Lamar Jackson's bulked up, too. I know that was a lot of the rave at Ravens camp was that he's uh, stronger physically now. Uh, Vaughn, let's take a look at the defensive player of the year market. This is the market that, to me, it almost feels like there's not a lot of long shot opportunity. Right now, the co-favorites over at DraftKings, Miles Garrett, and then TJ Watt, the defending DPOY with Aaron Donald right behind them at plus 750. Is this a market where you stick to the top of the board, or can we find a little bit of value further down?
3: I definitely think the top of the boards where the value always lies. I mean, we've seen Aaron Donald repeat this over and over. He's been the guy. I, uh, I bet T.J. Watt two years ago when Aaron Donald won. Mm. Last year, I bet Miles Garrett and T.J. Watt won. So I'm like, come on, guys. Somebody give it to me. I'm finishing second over and over. Uh, but, you know, I am a resident right now in my hometown of Pittsburgh. So I'm a little biased when it comes to T.J. Watt. But I'm looking at the schedule this season. And I'm like, this guy has a terrific chance to repeat, not only as the defensive player of the year, but also be the sacks leader at plus 600 odds. I just went to Steelers camp up in Latrobe. Trobe. He was looking phenomenal, wrecking every single play. Uh, if you look at the schedule for the Steelers in particular, man, they're playing eight games against teams that ranked bottom six in sacks allowed last season. And three of those teams were in a division, the Browns, Bengals, and Ravens. The other teams were the Jets and the Panthers. So they're getting a great schedule for him to be able to wreak havoc on these teams uh, versus the... Browns in particular, this dude has 14 and a half sacks in nine games, four multi-sack games. The Ravens, 10 sacks in 10 games, two multi. Bengals, seven and a half in nine games, two multi-sacks. So a guy that's had 22 and a half sacks last year, 15 sacks the year before. He's led the league two years straight in sacks. I mean, what's stopping TJ Watt from doing a third straight season? So honestly, call me biased or not, but Samia for Watt, MVP and a defensive MVP, player of the year, and then his sacks leader as well. Well, Vaughn,
5: you mentioned sack leaders, so that would be, I think, a six-to-one price at DraftKings. You could go a different route too—the uh, over/under at DraftKings on sacks. It gets interesting because there's yeah. half sacks. Uh, but thirteen yeah. and three quarters, thirteen point <laughs> seven five is the over. Over. Look at—he doesn't even need to speak. Without we are—we are on radio too, Vaughn. So uh, use your your, your your yeah. You're you're letting over. people know. Uh, Fourteen okay. is a cinch here for TJ.
3: Oh, yeah, he's getting that. Now, I did look at a lot of guys that had 20 sacks in the past and what they did the next season. A lot of those guys are around the 12 to 13 range, so they're hitting near a dozen. So that is a little scary, but when you look at what he's doing in his schedule, like I said, he's going to have a lot of multi-sack games this season. And uh, he's still in the peak of his career. There's nothing stopping him physically, uh, and he's been healthy. So, yeah, sign me up for 14 is nothing. Uh, If you follow Numberfire, a great source that I used to work for, they haven't projected at 19 Ooh. to 20 and a half sacks this season, if he plays 16 or 17 games. So sign me up. Yeah,
4: it's pretty crazy. I think we all forget that TJ Watt was going through that contract situation before last season. And if he's able to have this full off season, now all good to go with playing throughout training camp might be even a bigger year for him. Uh, Vaughn, we got about a minute left. We're going to talk about the most passing yards market in the next segment. Who do you favor in this uh, futures market
3: here? Oh, man, this one's a spicy market, guys, because you can go a lot of ways. Honestly, if you're just saying, I'm going to bet the AFC West and take, you know, Mahomes, Herbert, Wilson, or Derek Carr, (laughs) I probably wouldn't even talk you off of that one. Out of those four, though, I do like Derek Carr. His defense made them trail in 15 out of 17 games last year, and he's improved his passing yards on four straight. But if you guys are looking for two longer shots, uh, I talked about Justin Jefferson. Kirk Cousins is going to be throwing the ball, guys. Of course, he's going to have a strong season, 4,200 yards in his past two seasons. 81 deep balls last year, second most in the NFL. They're going to certainly keep that going. And then my longest shot of the whole entire show is going to be Jalen Hurts at plus 4,000 odds. Ooh. Now, listen to this, guys. Josh Allen, when he went when he went and got Stefan Diggs, he went from 3,089 passing yards to 4,544. Jalen Hurts last year had 3,144, 50 more yards than Josh Allen had. And now he's getting A.J. Brown? And A.J. Brown, still young, baby, still in shape. Talk about bulky and looking good. He's <laughs> one of the guys, all right? So Jalen Hurts at plus 4,000. I like that a lot. And I also like, you know, A.J. Brown at plus 3,000 first splash on the receiving yards leader, too.
5: Vaughn, great stuff, man. We appreciate it. And we will definitely be talking to you soon. Thank
3: you, guys. Enjoy the night.
5: There he is, Vaughn Dalzell from NBC Sports. Really good insight there. A betting analyst over at NBC at the Money. Sports. That's Femi Bebafe. I'm Tim Murray. More to come here on the Nightcap.
7: That's chumbacasino.com.
0: No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Sports betting network.
5: Ice cold beer. Cold hard cash. Join the action on the pitch with the Heineken 2022 soccer prediction challenge. Compete in 20 free to play pools this season. For your shot at a share of $100,000 in total cash prizes, head to DraftKings.com slash Heineken now. To start your run at victory, Heineken beer made better. 21 and over only. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Drink responsibly. Alongside Femi Abebefe, I am Tim Murray. It is the nightcap here on Beeson. By the way, uh, scrolling social media tonight, it is family night. Uh, at Lambeau mm-hmm. Field for the Packers. Over 50,000 fans at Family Night at Lambeau Field. And Matt Schneidman, who is the uh, beat reporter for the athletic, uh, at the athletic for the Packers, uh, tweeted out a another, quote, wow play for Romeo Dubs. During My man. One-on-ones. My man. It's, it's gonna, i one on ones. i in. In spite. I, like you last <laughs> night saying that you wouldn't bet the Raiders to win the division mm-hmm. because you missed the 10 to 1. I think I'm just going to sit here and not bet Romeo dubs and just yeah. watch these plays and just be like, yep, it's, it's what could have happened.
4: Yeah. You know, and, and there's no guarantee that he wins. Obviously is someone who is invested in Romeo dubs at that 100 to one price. Yeah. I'm keep cr- rubbing <laughs> it in. Uh-huh.
5: Yeah, I'm
4: clearly hoping that he can win this award there, but um, it is a long shot because he is a mid round rookie draft pick. So, and usually these awards go to guys who are first round picks because not only do you need the production, you also need to be a name. Now, it helps Romeo Dubs that he happens to be playing alongside the two-time reigning defending MVP in Aaron Rodgers. The Packers play in a lot of high-profile games as well. So if he if he is as good as the training camp reports are indicating, then Romeo Dubs is going to be a big-time player for the Green Bay Packers. Because Aaron Rodgers, who doesn't really give rookies credit or yeah. really like throwing to rookies in general, said that this guy has made some wild plays all throughout training camp, and he's trust Romeo Dubs, which is the biggest thing, and that's why I've kind of shied away from a guy like Christian Watson, he's who been dealing with the, injuries, yes, dealing with injuries, and has more natural ability than Romeo Dubs, but he hasn't been able to build that rapport with Rodgers. Romeo Dubs has that, and if that comes to fruition this fall,
5: it might be live to win hundred to one, man. Yeah, I had a hundred to one last year on Trey Sermon. I was really oh, I was really excited. That's right. I was Super excited about that. Yeah, he had like a hundred yards rushing. So
4: did he even have that many? <laughs>
5: <Yeah>. <laughs> I think look let me look at his game log. He didn't he like played. He had one carry through like the first couple weeks of the season.
4: We're so. gonna need like a, a book on it what happened for him to get into the doghouse last year.
5: Yeah. So that was uh, that was my excitement last soft season. I'm like, yeah, I got tr- hundred to one. Yep. Yeah. And it could have been a thousand to one. It wouldn't yeah. have mattered. <laughs> um, so we were talking to Von Dalzell. Interesting stuff there. Uh, big, big believer in T.J. Watt, and he said, "Yes, it is a bit of a homer play." You know, I haven't personally played it yet. I think I, it's about that time. I need to. I've done. You know, I've said it on this show. I went on our friend uh, Joe Fan's uh, show mm-hmm. over at Win uh, WinBet, and uh, I said I like Saints over. I haven't played it yet. I think I got to get in on the Saints train, and yeah. maybe, you know, do. Do you, do you look at the Saints to win the division as a longer shot play? Oh, all right, let me ask you this. Uh, let me I'll, I'll phrase it this way. Mm-hmm. And I think the odds are comparable. I'll try to pull them up real quickly. Would you rather bet the New Orleans Saints to win the division at? I'm using DraftKings at plus three ten or the Minnesota Vikings to win the division at plus 265? Hmm, that's a good question.
4: Because both the Bucs and the Packers, I don't think they're going to be as good as what we saw last
5: year. The Bucs, by uh, the way, just for, for uh, uh, just at a point of reference, mm-hmm. the Bucs are the biggest favorite in football to win their division, minus 250, at DraftKings. The, G- the Packers are the third largest favorite, at minus one ninety, uh, the uh, the Bills are at minus two twenty five. So, your first and third most. I think I'll go with the Vikings just
4: because it's plus two sixty five, and not just because of the odds right there, but I think they have the potential to be the more explosive offense between the two. If we're if I'm comparing Minnesota and New Orleans, I think New Orleans is going to be one of the more of the kind of put you in a phone booth, ground and pound, out physical you, out tough you to kind of win games that way, and we've seen them do that to Tampa Bay. The last two years in the regular season, Brady has still yet to beat them in the regular season since he arrived in Tampa Bay, which is pretty crazy. He won the important one, though, in the the playoffs, but he hasn't won in the regular season. But this Saints team, outside of head coach and quarterback, there are no question marks on that roster. Now, head coach and quarterback just so happen to be the two most important positions on the roster or for an organization there, the most important pieces. So I would rather back Minnesota just off of the potential that maybe Kevin O'Connell is as good as people want to believe he is. Now, I'm still kind of 50-50 on this O'Connell thing just because not only has he never been a head coach, he's never called plays in the Mm -hmm. NFL either. So I want to wait and see before I kind of say that he's automatically better than Mike Zimmer. But if he is appreciably better than Mike Zimmer, the Vikings could be right up there with the Packers who offensively, despite my love for Romeo Dubs, are likely to take a step back.
5: Yeah, and and I, I really do like the Packers defense. Yeah, the defense uh, I, is awesome. I, I liked what they did, you know, this this offseason in the in the in the first round. I, I felt like, you know, it was it was funny because because the Packers didn't end up drafting Christian Watson until early second round, they traded up to what was it, thirty-four to get Christian Watson, mm-hmm. you know, people were, were crushing them. And I said, you know, should they have reached on Christian Watson at twenty two when they got Quay Walker? Because guess what? After Traylon Burks' selection to the Titans, there was no other wide receiver selected. So they had two picks in the 20s, and they ended up getting the next wide receiver off the board. So instead of trading up and getting a guy, you know, maybe they liked, I don't know, I'm just saying, well, maybe they liked Chris Olave, but they had to give it up draft capital. Instead, they waited back. They got two guys who will probably start. Immediately, I know Quay Walker's. You know, probably going to start immediately for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've also got you know depth on the line with Devontae Wyatt. Uh, their cornerbacks are as good as any uh, in the league with Eric Stokes and and Jair Alexander. And people just continue to rave about Rasul Douglas. Uh, you know, back for another year. But man, you look at those wide receivers. There's a lot of question marks. Yeah. Now you have one of the greatest quarterbacks ever to lace him up at number twelve. That's mm-hmm. helpful. But I do look at. Uh, Minnesota and to answer my own question I would rather bet Minnesota yeah. uh, to win this division and I know a lot of people will have their questions and 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 I think it's some fair some I think is a little overblown on Kirk Cousins uh, and look you got that week one showdown uh, where the Vikings will be a home underdog or their two two and a half point home underdog and that start of the schedule is not easy right they they lost to the Lions last year they got the Eagles on the road in week two Saints in week four I, I, I'm not saying they will. There's a chance they start 0-4. I don't think they will. Mm-hmm. But there's a chance. I mean, those, those games. It's not easy. Man. Outside of the Vikings you know, and Lions at home, which will be around a touchdown or so uh, spread. Um, but I, I really do like this Vikings team. I understand the question marks about Kevin O'Connell. But to me, I felt like the hiring of O'Connell and the hiring of Wes Phillips. And I mentioned this last night. I'll mention it again. The familiarity that Kirk Cousins has with both of those coaches is very positive. Mike Zimmer and Kirk Cousins did not get along, clearly. And I think the weapons that they have, they've continued to try to build up that offensive line. They spent another second-round pick on an offensive lineman this year. Hopefully the defense gets better. They spent two high picks on defense. Lewis Seen out of Georgia uh, to take over at safety. And then Andrew Booth, who was dealing with some injuries, Thought of at one point as a mid first round talent ends up going early second round uh, the corner out of clemson so they're trying to get that defense better uh, you know through the draft they went out and signed a darius smith so to answer the question once again would i rather saints to win the south or vikings to win the north i would rather go vikings to win the north yeah the vikings
4: just have the higher upside because they have a new head coach who we have not seen And he's an offensive-minded head coach, so that offense has a potential to actually be really explosive. I think that gives them the higher upside versus New Orleans has, I think, the better roster for sure when you compare the rosters player for player. But they have Jameis Winston at quarterback and their head coach is Dennis Allen, who was probably in not so great of a situation when he was out in Oakland coaching the Raiders, but – Still, it's a drop off from Sean Payton. Now, if he's as good a coach as Sean Payton, then congratulations, New Orleans. You're set for the next decade. But chances are, he's not going to be as good a coach as what we saw over the last I believe, it was 15 years that Sean Payton was down there in New Orleans. So I think the Saints, their outcomes are a little bit more condensed to where it feels like a nine, maybe 10 win team if the ball bounces their way to where Minnesota, while they might have a lower floor because O'Connell might not know what the hell he's doing but they could also have a higher ceiling the way they win 12, 13 games if he ends up being a offensive genius.
5: Well, and he's coming from the McVay tree. Matt LaFleur's doing quite yeah. well from that uh, from that tree. The, yeah. the once upon a time Washington tree as well. Zach
4: Taylor went to a Super Bowl on that tree.
5: Yeah, we had a lot of questions about Zach Taylor <laughs> uh-huh. and then boom, bang, he's in the Super we Bowl. Might, we might still have questions. I, I still look at it. The, the odds <laughs> keep going down, but not too much. Jameis for comeback player of the year just continues to jump at me. Plus 550 at DraftKings. He's going to throw for a ton of yards. There's familiarity with Pete Carmichael, the offensive coordinator. How come he's not the favorite? Derrick Henry came back last year. How could you be comeback player of the year when you came back last year? I don't understand it. It makes no sense. I never will understand it. That's Femi Abebefe. (laughs) I'm Tim Murray. More to come on the other side. Who will have the most passing yards in the NFL? Discuss it.
0: This is the Nightcap on v Send, the Sports Betting Network.
5: Keeping rolling here on the Nightcap. Just uh, sometimes you just you just have a losing bet, and uh, you just got to sit back and, and laugh. The Dodgers are up eight nothing. In the third inning, Femi, it is—it's uh, not great. And I mentioned, and this not. is one of those bets too, because like last night, now we did the in-game bet, so people at least could you know mm-hmm. follow that if they had wanted or you know. Should we look for another one tonight? It. <laughs> but you know, this show because of the time of it, so many of these bets I come on and you know they've already been placed or whatever it may be. But tonight was one of those nights. Game hadn't started yet. Talking to Derek. Derek was feeling good. I said, yeah, Padres. Yeah, let's go with the Padres, huh? Yeah, that'd be a good bet. Plus money. New lineup. Mm-hmm. On the road. Ah, yeah. Overvalued Dodgers. Yeah. It's eight-nothing. It's 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 not great. It's not great. Uh as a... Uh, I'm going to take a look inside that
4: box score here for a moment. The live market, though, over at DraftKings, if you're interested now, it doesn't sound like you're going to want to double
5: down on this. Uh,
4: you're, you're getting eight and a half runs, minus 115 on the Padres, if you're interested in that. Uh, the live total's is 13 and a half. Uh, right now, the Dodgers minus 6,000, 15 to one, if you want to go ahead and believe in the dog, San Diego Padres, to erase this eight-nothing deficit out there at Dodger Stadium. But plus eight and a half, minus 115? Ah. Uh, who knows? Uh, <laughs> you think they're just going to mail this one in and focus on Saturday? I
5: don't know. Sean uh he has stri- he has five strikeouts. Also allowed eight runs on eight <laughs> hits. All earned. Even though in the first inning, he didn't really have uh, a ton of help. Tony Gonsolin, by the way, three scoreless innings uh, against the uh, against that Padres. And he struggled in the of- first inning. He did. He got bit. 20 yeah. pitches. I was feeling like, all right, maybe, you know, he's going to struggle a little bit. Settled uh, in. Yeah, uh, 58 <laughs> pitches right now. I know uh, Derek said that they're going to be doing live in between innings here at Circa, so let me pull up that market mm-hmm. while we sit here. In-game betting, MLB. Baseball
4: in-game is not something that I've
5: ever really <laughs> I could gone get, into. I could get Padres plus eight. Plus eight here. Yeah, minus okay. 110. Okay. Do they? So shop around, as we always do say. We Do we come back? Yeah, I
4: eight in the hook, maybe, but eight out of eh, not at minus one because you're, you're getting there's an eight and a half.
5: They called at chasing. minus minus one fifteen. They called chasing. That is a pass
4: on. Maybe it's plus EV though. <laughs> go, ahead, gotta go ahead and pass. <laughs> is it the... is
5: it chasing if
4: it's plus EV? I don't. <laughs> plus it, eight. It might
5: not be plus EV. No, I don't know. I'm gonna pass on that one. Yeah, let's not. Stay have to away. Sweat that out. All right. Um. Well, I do um I do might have a couple bets to place here. I, I don't know. I am you know that's so, that's a tricky part femi with the preseason, you know, so many we talk so much about the football season mm-hmm. and you know you, you get enticed um you know, Saints to make the playoffs. I looked up over at BetMGM plus 135. Yes. Um, that's intriguing to me. And
4: that's what I wanted to ask you. Would you rather go Saints to make the playoffs versus them going over the win total? Now, there is a Chance work. where they can go over their win total and still miss the playoffs, sure. but in a weak NFC, I don't know if that's this year. I think nine and eight can still probably get you in as a seventh seed. Do you maybe go drop the go the plus money route, or is that getting too cute in your eyes?
5: Yeah, it, it's a, it's a great question to ask. So you look at the NFC, the NFC North. In my opinion, I guess the Lions two maybe, mats. but I think I, mean, yeah. I think it's two. Yeah. Uh, the NFC South two. West is is the curveball, you know. What are you high on the Cardinals? I'm not really loving the Cardinals right now. Um, Seahawks are are kind of down and out. So is it two and a half? Maybe. I, I mean, the Cardinals certainly are capable of making the playoffs. I'm just not that high on them. And what if Trey Lance is bad?
4: It's true. Like and we, then, we've talked about the good, but what if he's bad? Niners they could miss the playoffs very easily.
5: So do the Saints beat up? And, and I think what works. To the Saints' advantage, obviously, is they get two. The Falcons, once again, I think the Falcons are the worst team in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Or will be. I agree, though. I don't think the Panthers are very good. Now they could could the Saints lose to the Panthers? Sure. Of course they could. Um and yes, you could go nine and eight and miss the playoffs. That's very, very possible. And that would be an unfortunate circumstance uh, if you went over. Uh, and and at DraftKings, you know, at eight you get that buffer. If they do go eight and nine, they're a little bit down. You get at least you get your money back. Um, I, I think they're a playoff team, so I I probably I, I would roll Saints to make the playoffs at plus one thirty five. That would be the way I would roll uh, with this bet. But I I would not fault anyone, especially at DraftKings with that hook. You know, that's the important thing about that season win totals. You know. I know Matt Humans and I think Chris Felica on this network talked about they like under nine and a half for Oklahoma. I played over nine because I looked at the schedule and I just didn't see four losses on there. Mm-hmm. I, I I think they're much more likely, in my opinion, Oklahoma to go ten and two than eight and four. Yeah. Now I wouldn't have played it at nine and a half over, uh, where you probably could have you know got plus money. I like the nine. I like the buffer where you can. Get, get your money back Push, yeah. uh, in that. So at eight wins, I would maybe recommend Saints over eight. But if it's eight and a half, I would probably go the route of, of them making a the playoffs of yeah. plus money. Now, we should point out they missed the playoffs last year at nine and eight. Yep. So that that is a
4: thing that has already <laughs> happened there you go. a year ago. So uh, And it was the weird tiebreaker situation. I believe if the Rams had won that week 18 game against the Niners, the Saints would have gotten in. But think about postseason. this, though, real quickly,
5: though, Femi. They, they went nine and eight last year. And yep. Sean Payton. No Michael Thomas. No Jameis. Essentially, mm-hmm. you know, the majority of that year. Um, and they had a game where Ian Book, love him, always uh near and dear to my heart, <laughs> one of the best quarterbacks ever through Notre Dame, all time winningest, ain't an NFL quarterback, no. as we saw. That game was rough, man. It was I felt bad for him. <laughs> it was a better's <laughs> delight uh if you had the Dolphins yeah. in that game. So yeah. Um yeah, I don't have any. Uh, I don't have any Saints tickets in pocket yet. Uh, but uh, plus one thirty-five to make the playoffs might be uh, might be jumping in there. And the Jameis Winston to win player comeback player of the year. I've talked about it a bunch, but I have not made the bet yet. I think I I think I have to make that investment. Yeah. They just feel like in an NFC that has a lot of uncertainty.
4: The Saints feel like the steady yeti, to where oftentimes I feel like the season plays out to where they either win somewhere between eight and ten games. So that's why I would almost kind of lean toward that plus money of them making the playoffs. Cause yeah, is there a scenario where they go eight, nine and they miss the playoffs? Of course there is. Or is there a scenario where they go nine and eight and they go over the win total and miss the playoffs? Yeah, that, that could happen. But I would rather, at least for tying my money up for an entire season, go towards the plus money price given the uncertainty around a lot of the other
5: teams in the NFC. Well, and, and, and look at the start of their schedule. It's all division games. And no. they got a chance to get out to a lead. And the two game, I mean, it's they couldn't really ask for a better one, in my opinion, because you get the Falcons on the road, you get the Panthers on the road, and you get the Bucks at home. Who you've been beaten up in the regular season the last so, couple of years. So once again, I know the win loss game is a dangerous game to play, but it's it's a nice start to the season. You go to London, you play Minnesota. Coming back, you play Seattle at home. You play the Bengals at home. Um, So it's it's a, it's a. It's a manageable schedule. I don't love the fact that they've got a Week 14 bye. That's, uh, that's a bit unfortunate there. You know, Cleveland in Week 16, do they have Deshaun Watson? Lots lot to be played out there. Uh, let's just jump to that real quickly, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I promise we will get to most passing yards here uh, to close out this hour. <laughs> um, but the NFLPA has now responded to the appeal with their defense. Appeal now supposed to be expedited. And uh, we should know the ruling Within the next week, what I'm very interested to know what the NFLPA is going to do because we, I, look, I think we all know it ain't going to be six games after this no. appeal. I think I, I don't know if they go full year. I think 12, which is the reported uh, deal that they offered Deshaun yes. Watson last year, I think 12 would not surprise me. Um, I'm very interested to see what. Deshaun Watson's team, and the uh, NFLPA does? I
4: think they're going to present the 12 games to him again in a chance to try to settle this whole thing. Um, but if Watson's camp, and Watson has been adamant that he did nothing wrong, so uh, I'm not sure if he's going to be inclined to take a settlement from the league. Now, maybe he thinks about, I just want this to be over with, whatever, let me take the settlement. But if he doesn't take the settlement, I think the league is going to try to make an example out of him and, and probably rightfully so, based on what has been found in those findings. But I think that they're gonna try, if there's no settlement, go for the indefinite suspension, is what I think is how they will word it. Indefinite to where then he has to then reapply for reinstatement after this season. And then we're gonna go to court after that point. We're gonna go to federal court and the preliminary injunctions and temporary restraining orders, familiarize yourself with all those terms, because you're gonna be hearing about those quite a bit. And I don't think he's going to play in those first six games because the NFLPA never appealed them. They were good with the six. But week seven and on, I think, is where it kind of then gets into
5: question if this continues to play
4: out into October, November.
5: The longest tease in history will come through on the other side. (laughs) We're going to pay it off. Most passing (laughs) yards. We'll discuss that season-long prop next here on the Nightcap.
0: Yeah, I, yeah. Because you gotta think, Love he's him. gonna guard. He don't care about guarding. He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's gonna guard. And then on I'm top of it,
4: like that, see
6: that, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Casella. Point game. I remember you came to my room crying, tears, crying. Tears. <laughs> I mean, he was in a culture shock. And he's, he's going to
2: withdraw us about winning. Remember what you know? I told you? I said, I said, oh, G, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? You didn't it. Ain't <laughs> <Nick."> <laughs>
6: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the Sports betting Network.
5: It is the Nightcap here on VSIN. Dodgers have two men on and one out. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm happy I pushed. Should we it.
4: have them uh, switch that to a different game? No,
5: no, no. <laughs> no, I want it to stay on now because I, I want the Dodgers to win by 17. So I, I don't feel bad about not taking the eight with the Padres. Yeah. Maybe there's a point. I don't know if there will be a point to take the Padres on the other side. But uh, it has been all Dodgers tonight, the to start of a highly anticipated weekend series out in Los Angeles. Uh, pre-game tribute to Vince Scully uh, I believe this is the Dodgers first game back in LA since the passing of uh Vin Scully earlier this week but uh Shaman is still out there interestingly enough there for the Padres maybe they just said you know what big boy we're down eight go ahead and get your 85 pitches yeah go go <laughs> go unload the tank there go 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 to empty and uh we'll save the bullpen for what should be a very uh busy weekend uh your your mariners Mm -hmm. down one to nothing right now to the angels
4: still early you know this is a team that's resilient that's that's what they've shown so far this year uh made some moves at the deadline Luis castillo earlier this week i mean my goodness he was nasty over in the bronx there against the yankees um
5: helps when you hit how many home runs off uh garrett cole
4: (laughs) yeah yeah they were blasting them out there in the first inning there uh saw jared kelnick sighting there the prospect that was up because the uh, julio rodriguez currently on the il and that's the concerning thing i think for this Mariners, this julio wrist injury thing that's been going on since the all-star break uh if there's anything that can kind of be the the, the wet blanket on this mariner season that looks like it's promising it would be something like julio rodriguez being banged up down the stretch so hopefully the 10 days off or however many days he ends up needing to be uh, oft for rehabbing this thing, serves him well once we get into the meat of August and September, because that's when you want to be playing your best baseball. But this Mariners team, they look like they're postseason bound, maybe. Uh, it's They're not safe. They're not secure right now in that wild card spot. I believe they're still in that two spot right now. But um, as long as they can fend off the Rays and some of these other teams that are coming up from behind, um, they should be good to go and end the drought, man, since 2001.
5: Yeah, it's been 20-plus uh, years uh, without the postseason there for uh, yeah. the Seattle Mariners. Um, top of the hour, we're going to head to the Bay Area, talk to Dieter Kurtenbach uh, about Trey Lance, uh, some praise coming out from uh, from Trey Lance today from Mr. Kurtenbach, and also uh, some fights that, uh, yes. that the coach is not thrilled about. But we have some business to attend to. Who will have the most passing yards? This season, is there a bet to be made? Last year, Tom Brady led the league 5,300 yards through the air. Still incredible to think about. Most yards he's had in a a season, obviously there's an extra game, but still 5,316 yards for Tom Brady, followed by Justin Herbert, 5,000 yards. Matthew Stafford, 4,886. Patrick Mahomes, 4,839. Derek Carr, four thousand eight hundred. Four, and Joe Burrow, 46, 11, um, and we can go down the list. We'll, we'll keep banging on it. So, Josh, Justin Herbert is the favorite. Last year, second in the league, uh, 5,000 yards passing. Um, I would expect the expectation is, based off the odds, that he will be back to similar form. You got Tom Brady at 8-1, Patrick Mahomes at 8-1, Derek Carr at 10-1, Matthew Stafford, the elbow situation at 10 to 1, probably not worth uh, an investment. Joe Burrow, 12 to 1. Uh, you've been mentioning the appendectomy is uh, maybe a little bit worrisome there for Joe Burrow.
4: We're at concern level two right now, but there's room to go up if this continues to play out in August.
5: Um, Josh Allen, uh, 12 to 1. Dak Prescott, your guy, 14 to 1. Uh, Aaron Rodgers sixteen to one, Kirk Cousins eighteen to one, and then Russell Wilson at twenty to one. We got the full list there, uh, but we'll we'll stop it off at uh, at Russell Wilson, uh, who's actually moved a uh, slight up to uh, to eighteen to one. Mm-hmm. When you look at that first column, and maybe if you want to venture into the second column, I mean Jameis Winston, um, and Alvin Kamara, you may I think that's likely. But anything intrigue you there when it comes to most passing yards this season?
4: Well, most passing yards, let's ride right. 18 to one, Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson, Um, because I, I, I still believe Does the Russell Tim Wilson Patrick
5: injury worry you,
4: <laughs> it doesn't, It and that now it, it, it hurts their depth, but it doesn't worry me because they still have some terrific receivers out there in Denver, Cortland Sutton, who all indications from camp, it sounds like he's going to have a very big year. I'm a believer in Cortland Sutton. I think he's a big time talent, just hasn't had the right circumstances with Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater, whatever quarterback they've been putting out there, Joe Flacco at times for that Denver offense. Uh, I think Cortland Sutton is gonna be, a, it's a breakout caliber kind of season for him. He's only had one 1,000 yard receiver season in his career, but I think he's gonna be on pace for one this year in a double digit touchdown season. Jerry Judy, first round pick, uh, liked him a lot coming out of Alabama. Now it's been up and down, was injured for part of last year. I think if Judy can remain focused, and get really under Russell Wilson's wing is kind of what the, the story is coming out of camp. That's what the narrative is, is that I think Judy can have his best season as well. And Albert, o, the tight end, I think is, has been coming on in camp as well. But Russell Wilson ultimately is why I think that this Broncos offense is really going to take off. And I think he has a chance to lead the league in passing just because they're going to open things up more. This is not going to be the Russell Wilson being kind of held back by Pete Carroll and that Seahawks offense that, let him throw at times, but didn't really open up the offense as much because Pete Carroll's philosophy was you win the game in the fourth quarter without knowing that you can still win the game in the first, second, and third quarter if you build a big enough lead and don't have to worry about the fourth quarter. But I think Nathaniel Hackett's going to open things up for Wilson. The offense is being tailored towards Wilson. He's been sharp all throughout camp, has these guys really buying into him. This Broncos offense, the offensive line is solid. I think they can really be explosive to where Russell Wilson at 18 to one he's being disrespected I think by the football community he's still an elite quarterback in my opinion played at a high level prior to the injury last year I think Russell Wilson puts himself back on that tier one from reading Mike Sandos' column at the athletic people putting him down in tier two I think he'll be back in tier one at the end of this year
5: so it's 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 not necessarily fair to bring up these stats because it was in uh, Seattle as you mentioned and you know as you know better than i being up there and working for so many years um everyone wanted to let russ cook but his career best was 263.7 yards per game yeah last year tom brady led the league uh in passing yardage and he averaged 312.7 <laughs> yards per game mm-hmm. so he would need a jump essentially 50 yards per game based off of the numbers Last year. Not saying it's not possible, uh, but it would be a big jump. But Russell Wilson's certainly capable of doing so. You know, do you look at now Tom Brady throws water on that because they were, you know, a successful team and and didn't really have many issues. But do you look at a team that might struggle defensively? You know, two years ago, Deshaun Watson led the league uh in passing yardage. Yeah. Um, so there's a the possibilities out there of you know, guys who, you know, three years ago, it was Jameis Winston. So Jameis Winston led in 2019. Deshaun Watson for what, a four and win football team in 2020? Mm-hmm. And then last year was Tom Brady. The one that intrigued me, and uh and Vaughn mentioned this earlier in the show, is Derek Carr. You know, they're chumming it up yesterday with Melissa Stark and oh, Hunter yeah. Renfro gets his money and and Darren Waller's back and he's You know, things are going to open up for him. I know they went out and got Chandler Jones. I still have a lot of questions about that defense. So, I think Derek Carr, last year, Derek Carr finished fifth in the league, 4,804 passing yards. Didn't have Devontae Adams. Um, Everyone's back. You know, Darren Waller was banged up for a good chunk of last year, too. Um I think Derek Carr at 10-1. to 1, Look, I like your odds much better than mine, mm-hmm. but I think Derek Carr is an interesting one at 10-1 to 1 to me. You know, not going cr- way too down the board. Uh, I don't think Josh Allen, the way that they play, makes a ton of sense. They're going to want to run the ball oh, yeah. a little bit more. Uh, he'll run the ball. They're going to be winning in a lot of these games, so they're going to be, you know, kind of controlling the pace. Kirk Cousins, I guess, is intriguing with the, with Kevin O'Connell there.
4: Oh, he definitely is intriguing. Uh, Cousins would be the other guy that I would play if I had to bet into this. Carr is interesting, though, because he has the weapons, and I think that's a tough trio. Renfro, Waller, Adams, they're going to be difficult to slow down there. My only concern – I don't love
5: their run game either. You know, Josh Jacobs. Yes. um, Who's – the rock yeah, Playing the last night, Zemir White actually looked pretty good uh last night. I, I I didn't mind that.
4: So I worry about the offensive line though. And is he gonna have the time to get these guys the football? Now and they'll be they could be trailing in a lot of these games, but if he's under duress, it could get ugly down there as well.
5: Yeah. I would I would roll with Derek Carr. That would be that would be my play. Um and my, my second choice would be your second choice of Kirk Cousins. But Yeah, Cousins makes sense. And also I just can't bet Russell Wilson after the let's ride stuff. I just I can't do it. <laughs> Broncos country.
4: Oh, God. Comma. Let's ride. Brinsworth. Does
5: he get booed week one? Uh, I think it's mixed before the game, booed all throughout. <laughs> we'll head to the Bay Area. Just how good is Trey Lance looking in camp? It's the nightcap here in BC, on VCS.
4: the 2024 NFL Schedule Release, presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Plus. Visit nfl.com schedule release to learn more.
2: Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more...